then what about the power of man's forgiveness? Oh, I want to tell you, this is the power now that I want you to see. There is a forgiveness that is divine, but man is to emulate or imitate that. And you have a power this morning because you have been forgiven by Christ. You have a power that you can unleash on one another and this world that will turn this world upside down. First of all, it is an act of the will. It is an act of the will. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, the Lord's Prayer. Have you ever wondered why Jesus taught them to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us? And just prior to that, he said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What is God's will? To forgive, isn't it? It is God's will to forgive. So what is he saying? He's saying here that when I pray in the morning before I ever leave my house, as Dr. Larry Lee put it so, so well, I pray in my prayer, God, right now, by an act of my will, I choose to forgive. All of those that might offend me today. Do you know what? If you do that and, and some offense comes that day, it's not going to take you by surprise. And you've already dealt with it in your spirit. It's not going to overwhelm you. You're not just going to react to it, but you're going to respond because you've already decided you're going to forgive them. How can somebody offend you or hurt you if you've already decided to forgive them? Think about it for a moment. The power of forgiveness. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to decide right now from this point to the rest of this day, I'm going to walk in the power of forgiveness. Oh, come on and hit me if you like. I'm going to forgive you. Hope not too many of you take me up on that, though. <laughs> in the basic youth conflicts by Bill Gothard, he defined forgiveness as having a greater concern for a person after he offends me than I did before he offended me. It is using the hurts of others as the basis of demonstrating Christ's love back to them. Victor, an eminent Jewish doctor, was arrested by the Gestapo during World War II. And as he was being interrogated by the Nazi secret police, he was stripped of all of his possessions, his clothes, his jewelry, his wedding band. His head was shaved. He was repeatedly taken from his prison cell and placed under bright lights and questioned for hours. He underwent many savage and senseless, brutal beatings. But he realized that he had one thing left. And in his own words, he said, I still had the power to choose my own attitude, bitterness or forgiveness, to give up or go on. Act of the will, I choose, forgive. And when you unleash the power of forgiveness, and God wants to unleash it through us. What I saw in those youth on, on, on Friday morning, the anointing of God fell on that place in such heavy, heavy measure that it reduced me to tears because I realized that here were youth, here were young adults acting like adults as the Spirit of God was moving them toward reconciliation, toward forgiveness, and toward love. And it, it impacted me because instantly as, as that was manifest in that room, captives were set free. And that's what happens when the power of God, the power of forgiveness comes in. It sets captives free. And beloved, in this very room this morning, there are captives that need to be set free. Out there in this community, in the neighborhood where you live, there are captives that don't know that forgiveness can set them free. Jesus told a parable in Matthew 18 that I've alluded to already. In Matthew 18 and verses 23 to 35 of the unforgiving servant who was forgiven a huge debt. And then he had someone that owed him a little bit and he threw him in prison. Now let me tell you something about holding somebody in prison of unforgiveness. When you put them in prison, guess what? You have to guard them. You are in prison with them. You might as well be, because you visit them often to make sure they're still there. You check on them ever so often in your thought life to see if they're still in that prison. If you would let them out, guess what would happen? You wouldn't have to stand guard anymore. You'd be free. Hallelujah. Has that soaked in? Let them go. 
release the captives through forgiveness. It will release you as well. Story of told of Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper painting. Before he began to paint that wonderful painting that is just marvelous, he had something happen in his life. He was one of the greatest intellects of all time. This man was good in mathematics and drafting and, and art and, I mean, unbelievable. If my memory serves me correctly, and if this isn't correct, you correct me, but I believe it was Leonardo da Vinci that could write two languages, one with each hand at the same time. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Well, you check it out and correct me if it's wrong, but I believe it was Leonardo da Vinci. What a man! But something happened to him. Somebody did something to him, and Leonardo da Vinci held a hatred and a bitterness in his heart, and when he went to paint the painting of the Last Supper, he painted Judas first, and guess whose face he put on Judas? His enemy. And he started painting the rest of it. And when he come to Christ's face, he could not paint Christ's face until he went back and changed the face of Judas. You've got to release the captives. You've got to let them go so that you don't have to stand there and guard them. And when you let them go, they're going to be free to go tell somebody else about this kind of forgiveness, the power of God's forgiveness.